When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Welcome to the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro. Sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Um, we have, uh, I've been urging President Trump to move his campaign more to issues that are attractive to both Democrats and Republicans, liberals and conservatives. It's not to say move to the center, it's to say that he should be focusing on issues as well as his base issues beyond just immigration and taxation and regulation and that stuff but should focus on things like the abuses of the intelligence community, uh, overuse of pesticides, uh, overuse of antibiotics in animals, Internet censorship, requirements to get a vaccine, ESG investments that tell you what you can invest your money in and not, wiretapping, smart electric meters that track your your every move, uh, and uh, central bank digital currency and EVs. These are issues that are important both to the left and the right, and they make a common enemy of big government and the deep state, and they, they're, they're very effective in reaching voters both who are on the left and on the right. Uh, nobody wants to be spied on by the government. Nobody wants their food to be contaminated with pesticides. Nobody wants Internet censorship. Uh, nobody wants to be required to get a vaccine. And these issues are issues that I think increasingly President Trump is using, and I think that's very important. Remember in the most recent polling, <clears throat> Trump is getting about 12% of the vote of people who voted for Biden, and Biden is getting 2% of the vote of people who voted for Trump. So you have a real cross-pollination here because of the issues Trump is using. The two places that I think he should focus in particular are electric vehicles and central bank-issued digital currency. Start with electric vehicles. Now you're talking my kind of music, Dick Morris. I guess you can hear me. You don't have a deuce coupe, do you? I do. That's this two-door coupe. Oh, so okay. I, I oh, can't that's tell deuce. You. Yeah. A good. deuce coupe. It's I've a two-door. Oh, no, wait. dancing to that song without knowing. What's his name? Without knowing you... what the deuce is about. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's his name is a convertible, so it's not a deuce coupe. Yeah, right. The blue one. Yeah. What's his name? His name is Bentley. Oh, no. <laughs> Give me a little break here. <laughs> That must be Chris on the on the board. Yeah, it is. He's back. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> I can always tell. Um, oh, by the way, 
Yeah. I'm in Florida, so these guys don't realize that okay. we don't know each other. Eighteen <laughs> percent um, of new vehicle sales last year were of EVs, but yet Ford is posting a big loss in EVs. Uh, they, they've they've lost over a billion dollars in the last quarter by their inability to sell electric vehicles. And the House voted recently to kill Biden's EV mandate. Uh, it's it'll not his the, the killing will not pass the Senate, but it still shows that the momentum is running definitely against electric vehicles. Well, I've been saying that for how long now, right? A long time. Yeah. The cost of EVs is to the taxpayer. Not to the buyer, but to the taxpayer, averages fifty thousand dollars a car. And he, wait, is that because the government gives subsidy? So that, that, is that's that how you figure that in? No, but subsidies, but not to the consumer. The amount they give to the consumer, like the tax credit, is not included in that fifty thousand. What's included in fifty thousand is the subsidies to make solar batteries, right? Subsidies to do right. all of the stuff that goes into that, right? Right. I, I know. And Good. um. EV sales uh, accounted for 9% of all new vehicle sales last year, but Biden wants it to reach 60% by 2030. Good luck with that. Yes, sure. California, which is leading the effort for EVs, can't even produce enough electricity to meet (laughs) its mandate. So they'll produce, they'll buy the EVs, but where are you getting the electricity from? I mean, just a common sense of when is uh, a hot day. And they have brownouts, right? Turn your air conditioning off. Really? In fact, the Biden administration is going to fall 21% short of the electricity it needs to accommodate the EVs it's pushing for. Of course. So what they're doing now is, as opposed to trying to require EVs, which they are, they also are raising fuel standards to a point where you have to have an EV in order to meet it. And it's sort of a backdoor way of requiring electric vehicles. Wait, say that again? What do you mean by that? The government is saying you have to get a million miles a gallon, and you can only get that with an electric vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> so so you list the problems with EVs. The lack of charging stations. Right. Charging can take hours. Many of the charging stations don't work. Uh, everybody's anxious about will my battery die before yeah, my right. trip's over. Uh-huh. EVs cost a lot more than conventional cars. Overall ownership costs due to repair and battery replacement are very great with EVs. Battery replacement exceeds $20,000 a car. Wow. Extreme heat and then some cost 60. Extreme heat and cold weather reduce the driving range of EVs. Frigid cold snaps cause the inability to charge EVs. In Chicago, Tesla station, Tesla charging stations aligned with dead cars during a recent cold snap. Fighting an EV fire, which occurs with some frequency, caused by the batteries necessitates the whole car burning and tens of thousands of gallons of water to put it out. Yeah, right. Auto manufacturers are losing billions producing EVs. Dealers' lots are overflowing with unsold EVs due to increasing public distaste. Ford, GM, and Toyota making drastic production cuts of EVs and transitioning plants to build more hybrids. The growing concerns over EV safety and health problems associated with toxic gases released by lithium-ion battery fires uh, poses serious risks. And while that's happening, when you look at the cost of generating the electricity 
and all the other ancillary costs associated with EVs, it really is not doing much to help the environment. No. Uh, so, so, and rare, they, all, all that we're doing with an EV is powered by rare earth minerals that come from China. In fact, the height of absurdity is that uh, the administration, particularly Cackle and Harris, uh, <laughs> was pushing a program for clean buses, electric buses, and they provided a major subsidy for that. And the company that made the electric bus, buses went bankrupt in August, and so you can't get parts or services and transit departments all over the country have their lots filled with e, with electric buses well, Kakla, that they can't operate. Kakla wanted these buses so they could bust the poor slavery kids into the mines in Africa to yeah. do this. Yeah, well, that's right. Horrible. So, so when you put this together, EVs is really one, one of Biden's greatest vulnerabilities. And, you know, I worked for Bill Clinton, sorry about that, back in Arkansas when he was governor. And the thing that defeated him for re-election there was that he raised car tag taxes by $17 a year. And that defeated him, absolutely beat him. Right. Uh, people were furious about that. And I was very young then. I was 30, just starting in politics. And I absorbed the following lesson. Don't mess with people's cars. He can do anything you want, but don't step on their cars. So you could tell me about that, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, And... Biden is doing that with EVs. So Trump has already attacked her on EV, attacked him on EVs. But I think he needs to do more, and I think he needs really to zero in on that issue. And besides that, electric vehicles are themselves becoming obsolete because hydrogen vehicles are coming. Right. What am I doing here? Yeah. Hydrogen burning internal combustion engines generate electricity by the burning of hydrogen instead of gasoline. Unlike fuel cell systems, they don't rely on a chemical reaction to generate electricity. Instead, they burn hydrogen directly as a fuel, just like a gasoline engine. Hydrogen is delivered in pressurized gas forms, so special fuel injectors are needed that can safely and efficiently introduce hydrogen to the engine. It atomizes it. It has a higher ignition temperature than gasoline and eight times the combustion speed, making hydrogen en engines very responsive. Mm. Um, so the, the, uh, as soon as we finish forcing everybody to buy electric vehicles <laughs> that they hate and don't want to buy and can't charge and can't run long, can't run long distances, It'll be time to tell them to switch to hydrogen <laughs> away from electric vehicles. And those who have electric vehicles will be so passe. You know what this reminds I mean, me of? So 19, that is so 1900s. Yeah. This reminds me of the gym equipment you get for Christmas. And then all of a sudden, a month later, you put clothes on. and These electric cars are going to be sitting outside with, you know, planters in them. Doug, I wouldn't talk about Storing your your clothes on something. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, that's below the belt. Ah. I know, I know it is. It is. I wish it were. <laughs> All right, come on. So the Move other on. Issue, so Biden should focus on electric vehicles. It's really, it really is a vulnerability. of uh, Trump should focus 
on Biden's position on electric right, vehicles. Right, right. He will. And uh, it's already costing Biden a lot of votes in Michigan. Uh, when you compare Michigan and Pennsylvania that are basically similar states, Trump is running much farther ahead in Michigan than he is in Pennsylvania. And I think that's because of Biden's support for EVs and uh, the UAW support for EVs, even though it puts them all out of work. You know, but Dick, um, I don't know. I don't know if you received it. I don't don't think you did. I sent you something on BMW has developed a hydrogen motor that really yeah. that they're going to put out next year, maybe. Yeah. Within yeah. a year and a half. As soon as that we close. all adopt EVs, it'll be replaced by hydrogen, <laughs> uh, which charges much faster, and uh, it's it's a much better system than electric vehicles. In well, fact, that, well, well, when cars well, were first invented, uh, the 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 car makers assumed that it would be powered by hydrogen, not by gasoline. Right. Right. Um, well, the, what basically we, the infrastructure is what we have to deal with then hydrogen. Uh, filling stations. Yes, yeah, exactly. So exactly, and you that, can make obviously. hydrogen from water. Just do electrolysis of water, and you end up with hydrogen. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that's working right now, but we're going to look into it this week. Okay, I mean that means you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can do anything. You, you know do it. anything. Yeah, anything. I'll figure it out. So one of um, my backyard. So I'm pushing Trump to talk about immigration, talk about everything he's talking about, but also make a big deal about electric vehicles because I think he has a real vulnerability on Biden on this and really should barrel through through with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I'm going to be doing a book signing on uh, February 21st, uh, Mm -hmm. Wednesday, February 21st at 6 o'clock, and I'll be at the National Women's Republican Club, which is at 3 West 51st Street. And uh, they, they're charging $65 for dinner. I'll have dinner with you and my speech. And um, to get tickets, you call Irene. I'll repeat this number later at 347-306-6088. That's 347-306-6088. And tickets are $65. I look forward to meeting you there. That would be great. Um. The other issue we need to focus on here is central bank-issued digital currency. CBDC. CBDC, yeah. This isn't a cryptocurrency. This isn't Bitcoin. This is when the central bank, New York Reserve, tells everybody, don't use cash, take this debit card for your paycheck, and use it instead of cash. And it seems like a convenience at first, but it is really the opening for an entire range of surveillance and government control that we don't have now in our society. The government knows everything you do. It can turn off the card any time it wants. It can give it can give better terms to people that are politically reliable. Right. Europe is planning to go with central bank issued digital currency next year. And it's it's basically a device where the government can control and at least monitor everything you do. You want to go and buy a gun, your card is turned off. You want to go and buy tobacco, your card is turned off. Uh, you, um, you want to go spend money on fossil fuels, you find your card is turned off. We'll talk about this more when we get back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. 
In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Hi, welcome back to the yes, Dick Morris I'm Show with Doug DeCaro, sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Um, the theme of our society, if we introduce central bank-issued digital currency, is... That really is true, isn't it? Dick? It really it's so, is. It's so it's, scary. It's it and it and it's been perfected by the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, right. That's the mechanism they use to control their society. And don't they use it like a, a, a credit thing? Like a if they don't like credit score, right? Yeah. If they don't like you, just like your credit rating, you get a political reliability score, and that determines whether you get a good job, whether mm. you get a good apartment, horrible, uh, whether you can fly or not, whether you can get on the train. And that's absolute. They're really doing that in China. Oh, they absolutely are all wow. over the place, and uh, that's the model they want to use uh, to dominate the world. They're not looking at conquering the world. They're looking at dominating it by dominating the Internet and through the Internet learning what people are doing and then punishing them and rewarding them for their conduct. Now, you say you don't live in China and you don't plan to move there, but you work for, um, but you work for uh, companies that are owned by the Chinese like Smithfield, Ham, or, uh, or the, um, the theater companies, the movie theaters for the most ah. part are owned by the Chinese. And what you could look at in the future is you'll have a political reliability score based in part on your your bank activities that are monitored by CBDC. And then you find that all of a sudden you're not being promoted, you can't get a job, you can't get a pay increase, uh, and you never know why, but you're, it's dirt about you in your uh, in the reporting of your political activity. Hmm. During the campaign speech in New Hampshire, Trump vowed to prevent the creation of the U.S. central bank digital currency if reelected. Oh, yeah, he said it's a dangerous threat to freedom. He warned that a central bank issued digital currency would give the federal government absolute control over your money and the ability to seize funds without your knowledge. To protect Americans from government tyranny as your president, I will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency. Now, while we're speaking about control of your life, um, let's talk a little bit about our district attorney in New York, Alvin oh, Bragg. God. Um, you may recall that I broadcast a lot of commercials against him and had his polit- had two one of his opponents on the air here to warn about him. But nothing could have prepared me for what he's just done. Uh, he initially was silent on Friday when reporters questioned him about why five suspects were released without bail after an attack on two cops by a group of migrant men last weekend. 
four of the suspects have already fled the state. Police officers and other critics are slamming Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, for refusing to seek bail for the rowdy migrants arrested after allegedly being caught on camera attacking cops. Now, Bragg, during the week, was defending himself, saying, we can't rush to judgment, we need to investigate this further because so that we're not going after innocent people. Oh, sure. But the the offense was captured on camera. Every inch of it was captured. So <laughs> the only thing that wasn't captured was the criminals. And, <laughs> That's not funny. And the and, and and the and Bragg just absolutely would not set bail. He would not keep people uh hold people uh, for this and uh, as a result many of them, if not all of them, appear to have fled to California where that kind of conduct is not only not illegal, it's incentivized. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this would never happen with the great Rudy Giuliani. Never. Ever never. in a million years. Uh, I was thought you were going to say the great Donald Trump. But well, he's great, right. too, but Rudy with New York is never... Cl- no one has cleaned up New York. I was down in New York the whole time from Dinkins to Rudy, and it went from a... Cr- can't say it, a crap hole to a, a beautiful institution, whatever, city. He just cleaned it up, Rudy. Thank you, Rudy. Yeah, absolutely. Not only mayor... I couldn't say what I wanted to say. Well, everybody knows what you meant to say. <laughs> um, right. um, Kevin's cop, got the, the, the beeper button. The, the... the cop just said that Alvin Bragg just showed all New Yorkers that the police department does not matter to him. Right. Uh, he said what, where, what this does is open the window for all people to say we can beat up cops and nothing is going to happen to them. Thanks, Mr. Bragg. Yeah, thanks a lot. Another Piece 25 of New York cop tore into the lefty prosecutor, saying his lack of action is a complete joke because the migrants committed bail-eligible offenses. They're not coming back, said the police officer. I wouldn't be surprised if they were already in Mexico. No, they'll be in California where they get more free stuff. Yeah, um, this is it's just terrible. And I believe that this episode, this incident, is going to be the equivalent for conservatives of the George Floyd uh, killing in Minneapolis for liberals. That galvanized the anti-police protests, galvanized the focus on police overreaction and brutality, and it became kind of a, a shorthand reference for that. And I think that the decision to release these criminals, these migrants, these unwanted illegal immigrants here illegally uh, without bail and just let them go into the street uh, will have the same kind of impact as as the uh, George Floyd, uh, uh, the George Floyd killing uh, an innocent being killed by by cops. I think it'll galvanize sentiment on this issue in a way that nothing else has. Hmm. Now, while all this is going on, in the presidential race, uh, there is a real momentum being developed for third-party candidates, and those votes come right off of Joe Biden. <laughs> no good was Alvin Bragg. That's Joe Biden, too, so it yeah. works. This one is Let Me In. Will you? You got it, Kevin. <laughs> that 
that's what that's what third party candidates throughout the country are saying. Let me in. Let me get on the ballot. And the Democrats are resisting that because all the votes they're going to take are going to come off of Biden. Sure. Uh, the candidates are all Democrats. Robert Kennedy, uh, Con- um, Cornell West, uh, the uh, Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate. They're all liberals, and their votes are all, and the votes are all going to come from Joe Biden. In fact, in most polling, uh, Trump picks up about four points when you ask a five- or six-way field with these other candidates running. The main independent candidate is possible for them to make a living. All the sounds of the earth are like music. All the sounds of the earth are like music. The breeze is so busy, don't miss a tree. And old weeping willow is laughing at me. Oh, what a beautiful moon. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Oh, That's a good song about fun. Wait, wait. Right? You're not exactly gonna get the young people to listen in on That's us with right. that, Dick. Now, who, what are you looking for? Your grandmother? Yep. Yep. Um, also, today was sunny. Is sunny. Is it? First time in, in... Oh, you wouldn't know that. You're in Florida. It's actually not sunny. It's actually raining in Where Florida. It's never sunny. <laughs> but all over Europe, starting in France but spreading to other countries, the farmers are protesting uh, because they, are, they oppose the climate change agenda. They oppose uh, the... Uh, the, the imposition of environmental regulations on agriculture, not just in agriculture, but on cattle that aren't allowed to fart because it generates methane gas that can <laughs> yeah, screw up the environment. Yeah, of course. Uh, and they're allowing food produced more cheaply in other parts of the world to flow freely into Europe. And um, the farmers in Europe are raising hell. French farmers are threatening to take their tractor protests to the heart of the European Union and impose a blockade on Brussels, where the EU is headquarters, as they've done in Paris in opposition to the green agenda favored by globalists. The farmer uprising in France continued to grow this week, as an estimated 12,000 farmers and over six and over 6,000 tractors enacted roadblocks in at least 120 locations throughout France on Tuesday, including access points to such major cities as Paris, Lyon, and Marseille. Some are calling their protests, some are now calling to switch their protests to the European Union. And one of the organizers said, the next stop is Brussels for sure. So the issues facing independent European farmers, the rising cost of fuel, high taxes, excessive government-required paperwork, the war in Ukraine, free trade, and the green agenda regulations are going to be crucial issues in the future elections in France. And farmer uprising have seen political success in Europe, notably, notably in the Netherlands, with the upstart tractor protest Farmer Citizens Movement Party became the largest force in the Dutch Senate last year and is likely to be a coalition partner of the incoming prime minister. Currently, there are active farmer protest movements in France, Germany, Poland, and Romania. And this week, farmers' organization in Spain said they would be joining in on the action against overregulation by Brussels. 
the if you think the Amer- if you think America is overregulated by the federal government, and we listen to what Phil Lyman had to say about the Bureau of Land Management, yeah. you haven't seen anything yet compared to the European Union, and the farmers have finally had it, and the far- and the anti-farm movement that literally says you know restrict farmers, restrict their ability to plant, restrict their ability to function. And the farmers are making the point, no farms equals no food. And they're dramatizing that by these tractors that they're using to snarl up traffic. Um, Let's go to Amy in Ocean. Hi, Amy. Doug, um, and hello, Dick. How are you? Doing great. Um, she said Doug first, Dick. Did you notice did. that? Yes. How you doing, I, Amy? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to thank you so very much for uh, having your guest on from Utah because it's crucially important to let uh, the listeners, our listeners in New Jersey, to know that um, the same kind of situation is looking to be happening in New Jersey with uh, Phil Murphy and our Pinelands. I don't know yep. if, okay, uh, they want to look to sell uh, portions of the Pinelands, which is hundreds of thousands of acres, to uh, build um, housing um, and all, all kinds of, you know, stores or whatever, you yeah. know, that will... And make gobs um, of money in the process. Mm-hmm. Amy, um, yes. I'm going to cover that. I, I'm, I need to learn about it, and I will. But thank you for alerting me to that. Uh, and thank you. Thank you very much for all you, you gentlemen do. I learned good. so, so much from the both of you. Thank, thank you. Well, I'm about to learn something from you. Thank so, you, Amy. Thank you very much, Amy. This is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am. Stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. I'm joined today by my guest, Mazzy Phillip, Mazzy Pillip, P-I-L-I-P, who is running for Congress in a district that includes parts of Queens and parts of Nassau County. It was the district that originally elected, um, San- what's his name, Sanchez, the previous incumbent who got expelled. Is that correct, Mazzy? Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. This is a special election to replace uh, Joe Santos. Santos. Sorry. And, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Don't worry. <laughs> and um, the reason that this is worthy of national attention is that this, the House of Representatives, control of the House will be almost determined by this election. We currently hold, I think, a two or three seat majority in the House, and if we lose the seat that Mazzi is running for. Uh, with uh, to Tim Swazi, who is a carbon copy Democrat, rubber stamp Democrat, um, we're going to be denied the ability to subpoena anybody in the House of Representatives. Uh, we won't be able to investigate Joe Biden's financial stuff. We won't be able to get our hands on Hunter Biden's bank account records. We won't be able to uh, call to account any of the bureaucrats who have slow walked the case against Hunter and and sped up the cases against Donald Trump. Uh, we we will be handicapped in so many ways as a party. The most important thing the Republicans have now is control of one house, the House of Representatives. And you say one house, that's like one hand clapping. But it's the essential way to get the subpoena power 
so that we can investigate and we can really expose the abuses of this administration. And Mazzi is standing between us and losing that subpoena power. So I urge everybody to pay close attention and to be sure you vote on on Tuesday, February 13th in that special election. Mazzi, tell us about it. Yes, definitely. This is a very important election. We are talking about, uh, you know, the the future of our country. The the margin for the majority is so small right now, and this vote, this this seat is so important. We all working so so hard uh, to win this election. To win this election, because we need a common sense government, a government that's going to take us to the right direction. I love this country, but right now under Biden, there's quite. Um, members and the left progressive agenda really taking us to the wrong place. You know, they are not there to protect our borders. As you know, my opponent, Tam Swazi, he was in the majority when he was in Congress, when he decided to team up with Biden and open the border. And since then, we see a border crisis that we never saw in our lifetime. It is very dangerous because our borders is not protected. We don't know if the criminals or terrorists are making their way. Uh, millions with uh, so much drugs coming from the borders as a mother of seven children. I'm very, very worried. Uh, everybody's worried. This is my, you know, I- illegal immigrants is number one concern for the third And, and look at what those illegal immigrants just did in New York City, really? beating the hell out yeah. of two police officers, and then they were allowed to walk out of prison without even being held on bail. Exactly. That is the sad part. You know, illegal immigrants making their ways and then they're attacking our uh, police officers. And guess what? The district attorney like Alvin Bragg uh, let them go with no bail. You know, you have to ask yourself why the Democrats went so crazy trying to get rid of Santos, who was the congressman. Um, Yeah, he lied on his resume. Yeah, he said he did things that he didn't do. But... What he did is no worse than what Dick Blumenthal did, the senator from Connecticut who completely fabricated that he was in the Vietnam War and under fire uh, when, in fact, he wasn't and and uh, and he, uh, in fact, never went near the place. And uh, that that little omission on his resume did not cause – did not cause him to lose his Senate seat, but it is causing Santos to lose his House seat. And the reason for that is that the Democrats are looking for any excuse they can to whittle away the Republican majority. And it's terribly important to get out there and vote for Mazzy Pillip uh, in the election on a week from Tuesday. Thank you very much. Absolutely. As I said, it's a very important election. It's about uh, taking our country back to the right direction under Biden and uh, the left progressive uh, Congress members. It's not happening. We all very much worry this election it's really about the future. I'm in, encouraging everyone to go out to vote, um, again, to secure our borders, to support our law enforcement, and to improve our, uh, our economy. This is the three main issues I'm going to be taking care of once I will go to Washington, D.C. Bless you, Mazzy. God bless Look you. Look forward to that. Thank you. I appreciate that. God bless you all. Thank you. Now, the House has just passed a $78 billion tax bill that they call bipartisan. Uh, and it includes one of the all-time scams in our system. It's called the child tax credit, uh, which is basically welfare. The uh, welfare system used to be called aid to families of dependent children. 
And when Bill Clinton pioneered welfare reform, and I helped him get it passed and helped support it, uh, he ch- we changed that program and cut way back on the number of people who were on welfare. We achieved a 50% reduction in the number of people on welfare and That's amazing. a two-thirds reduction in the number of people in child poverty. 50%? Wow. Yeah, but a bigger reduction in the number on child poverty because we made people work, we made them take jobs, and they were able to really support their families in a good way. Now Obama and Biden are undoing the whole thing. By eliminating welfare and they're replacing it with a child tax credit, credit, not deduction, which means right now you can take off $1,600 off the taxes that you're paying uh, uh, in return for, uh, and and you can keep that $1,600 uh, to help you raise your child. And uh, they want to raise it to $2,000 uh, for 24 and for 25 this is a pure welfare program. They call it a tax credit, part of the earned income tax credit, but it's not. There is something called the earned income tax credit, which is you go to work, you get up in the morning, you support your family, and you come home and you get a tax advantage. And if you don't pay taxes because your income is too low, you get a tax credit that permits you to keep a large portion of your money. And that's a very good program, a very important one. But the child care, child tax credit, which is what they're pushing now, is a complete ripoff. It, you don't have to work. You don't have to do anything for it. You just have to have children, and you get paid for each child you have. We've been through that ripoff for, yeah. for generations for 40 now. years, yeah. yeah. And we know how that ends. So the House has cut a deal between, the, between big business and big welfare, where big business is getting – a whole variety of tax breaks, uh, being able to expense research and development costs, uh, being able to uh, to reduce some certain corporate taxes, and they've called it tax relief for American families and workers. By workers, they mean uh, union members in an attempt to use the child tax credit to supplement the welfare system. And uh, it restates, it reinstates a lot of business deductions that were rescinded under Trump. And it increases the child tax credit, which is basically welfare by another name. Yeah, right. Hey, Dick, um, when you go to break, call me because John Tobacco's got some good, got some news break about New York Community Bank and what they're doing. So good. if you, and He's, I told him to call the private number, but. When, you, when we go to break, give me a call. Okay, that's great. That's good. Okay. Now, the there has been a good deal of attack on the UNRWA, United Nations Relief Workers Administration. I don't know what that stands for. I think it's it's workers. And the UNRWA, the, basically the relief organization for the Palestinians, uh, has come under fire numerous times prompting Israeli lawmakers to reassess Israel's relationship with the agency. Reports released by Impact and UN Watch NGO document that UNRWA employees not only expressed support for the massacre on October 7th, but they actually hid missiles in their relief supplies that they then turned over to Hamas that we used. 
and Hamas marked aid sacks were found filled with dirt and used in the lining of Hamas terror tunnels. Now, what's unique about this relief agency is it's the only relief agency in the world that doesn't want to be relieved. They're the only refugee population in the world where you perpetually are under it and you, and you, and you never get out. Um, the rest of the world's refugees fall under the mandate of the UN High Commissioner for Refugees. Israeli officials have called for the UNRWA to be closed and Palestinian refugees to be brought under the aegis of the UNHCR. The biggest criticism of the relief agency is that unlike the UNHCR, the agency defines refugee status as hereditary and regardless of citizenship in other countries. So the number of Palestinian refugees increases dramatically year after year. And it's a going business that keeps all kinds of social workers and relief agency types in Wheaties and uh, builds up really an empire based on relief of these refugees that basically don't want relief. They want to stay where they are. They'd like to take over Israel. They have dreams of reconquering the farmland that they had 100 years ago or 80 years ago. And uh, the UN keeps that hope alive by defining their refugee status, not as being a refugee fleeing a corrupt, fleeing a tyrannical government, but as a hereditary right akin to owning the land and then passing it on to the younger generations. Hmm. It's a total ripoff. And this agency is the front for a lot of Hamas stuff and uh, really, um, really deserves well, to Dick, be exposed. They could do that with every country and every city and everywhere. Yeah, but they, do, but over they don't. For 100 years. Or... They don't. But the only, yeah, I mean, you could have uh, the American, Native Americans right. talking about that. But they don't. The only place they do that is in Israel right. with the Palestinian refugees. Mm. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about TikTok and the harm it's doing to young people in the country. And This is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Let's go to Al and Yonkers, the heartland of Doug DePiro. Hey, Al. Yo, yo. Yonkers, Y-O. <laughs> That's so stupid. Hey, Al. You're on. Oh, hi, Dick and Doug. Uh, good afternoon. You know, the congressional district uh, for the special election coming up uh, in a week or so, if the Republicans lose, it's self-inflicted. The problem is the congressional district, congressional delegation of Republicans in the tri-state they didn't even follow the lead of the speaker. They should have let Santos stay there. Mm. Pete King got involved when he shouldn't. And uh, what happens is the strategists and the power brokers on Nassau County are all going to make money. And they didn't even have the decency to uh, put a Republican candidate. She's actually a registered Democrat. Hey, Al, Al, I, on his I, show I, even I sympathize it. with you, but that's ancient history. Right now we have to elect Mazzy Pillup because the House of Representatives is at stake. I frankly don't give a damn who the congressman is for that district. I care immensely and enormously who controls the U.S. House of Representatives, because when you have a presidency in the hands of Joe Biden and the crazy radical left, 
and you don't have subpoena power, you don't control one House of Congress, you are a sitting duck. And uh, this is so important that we elect Mazzy Phillip. But thank you for your call. Um, now, the senators are catching on to uh, TikTok, and they're raising hell about TikTok for what it does to young people, particularly young girls. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the head of uh, Meta, the TikTok uh, entity, uh, Meta, no, also the head of X, I'm sorry. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the head of, uh, of, of CEO of Meta, and Zhao Chi Chu, the head T, the TikTok CEO, uh, came before a congressional panel this week, and they were absolutely grilled with criticism about on both sides of the aisle about the company that owns Facebook and Instagram posing risks to children online. In one of the most heated exchanges of the day, Senator Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri, repeatedly questioned Zuckerberg about meta-internal research revealed by a whistleblower that found that Instagram negatively impacted teens, especially girls. Zuckerberg faced constant pressure over the impact of Meta's platforms on teen mental health and how the company was aiming to appeal to younger users. In his opening statement, Zuckerberg said that the existing body of scientific work has not shown a causal link between using social media and young people having worse mental health outcomes. But that's news to the parents who are saying that, that, it's, that it's a very serious thing. When the parents said there isn't a parent in this room who had a child that's gone through, who hasn't had a child that's gone through an emotional experience like this and tell you that they change right in front of your eyes. So, and the problem with this is that the, is that TikTok follows and other media sites follow people as they move on the internet. Everything they do is tracked, sites they go to are tracked, and you build up a knowledge base and information base that can be used by China for subversion, uh, but also by other companies for profit. Chu, who is the head of TikTok, uh, took heat from lawmakers about ties to China. The video-based social media app, which is owned by the Chinese company ByteDance, has previously faced bipartisan scrutiny over concerns about data privacy and national security. TikTok developed Project Texas, an initiative to essentially wall off American user data from the rest of the company in an effort to assuage the lawmakers' concerns. However, the Wall Street Journal reported Tuesday that workers with Project Texas have sometimes been instructed to share data with other parts of the company, um, such as ByteDance. When pressed by Senator John Corden, Republican of Texas, uh, that, that worked uh, about the report, Chu disputed the account and suggested there are many things about the article that are inaccurate. Um, Senator Ted Cruz, who I trust more, later yes. said, said, now you said earlier that we have not been asked for data by the Chinese government and we have never provided it. Cruz said, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, and I've said this when I met with you people in my office last week, that I don't believe you. And I'll tell you, the American people don't either. Hawley, meanwhile, pointed to the journal article, arguing that the app's protective measures fall short. You wonder, when you look at America, 
why the students have been so radicalized and so determined to stand with the Hamas against Israel and see the world essentially in a completely distorted perspective where Hamas is the good guys and Israel are the bad guys. Right. And uh, and they're, they're wed to that narrative. And the big reason for it is that they're sold that narrative 24-7 by TikTok, which is a you Chinese... Mean the stuff they put out on your site when you when you go to somebody exactly then, then you get like a, a, a what do you call it a, a, a bleep you get brainwashed yeah, yeah. And, no, but I'm saying and, that. and we're allowing this to happen in the United States there's been a move to ban TikTok in the U.S. it's very important that we look at that let's go to Joe in Connecticut on this issue hi Joe hey Joe I like saying hey Joe. It says Joe. Connecticut, but give me any Joe. <laughs> there were two Hello? Joes. Coffee? You don't drink coffee. The one who was calling was about TikTok. Okay. Hello. Hi, Joe. Yes, Joseph, Fairfield, Connecticut. Yep. There you go. Yes. Yeah, the TikTok that uh, the Chinese, the CCP use in, in China is very much regulated. They don't allow that to brainwash the, the children over there. And the other issue. Uh, uh, but here, Mars, but here. Yeah, but here they do. Yeah. Uh, the five G networks, uh, the five G network, the boxes that are all manufactured in China, so they're collecting data already. They're also collecting data through that, through the network. And Trump barred that. Trump stopped right. uh, TikTok and the other five G networks from amassing data about Americans. But when Biden came in, he lifted those restrictions, and now it's open season. And uh, they're using this to build data on us. And use that to undermine us. You know, you know, Dick. I was I was thinking about this, kind of answering my question in my head. I was thinking, what kind of algorithm? Like, how do they look at millions of people and and things that are going out on TikTok and figure out who to grab? And but all they do is they look at Joe Biden, Donald Trump, conservative, liberal. In other words, they need an algorithm of some sort to sort all this out. Well, I maintain algorithm comes from algorithm. I said that. I said that. And, oh, wow. and I think that. And I think that what they're doing really is the level of information that the Chinese have on us through TikTok is incredible. It is outrageous. Yeah, but how? Where are they storing it, and who's looking? They're at storing it? it in China on their five G network. And how many people do they have oh, sitting at a computer? Hundreds and hundreds of thousands, maybe right. millions, going through it, and uh, and it's just a huge industry in China, one of the major focus focus of the Chinese government, and it completely undermines America right. by going after our young people and hitting them where they least suspect it from an organization that they basically go to for entertainment and fun. Right. Instead, they're being fed a propaganda line. And when you look at American students siding with China, siding with the Hamas, opposing Israel, uh, siding with Biden, for that matter, uh, you can see the footprints and the fingerprints of the uh, of the 5G network and of TikTok there. Wow. Trump banned it. Trump refused to let them do it. And he pressured other companies not to use the 5G system that uh, that the TikTok was pushing. Right. And he succeeded in that. And then Biden came and lifted all of those restrictions and was open season on American kids. And the extremism you're seeing on campus and the reversal of priorities where they're focused on the needs of the Palestinian people and opposing Israel is entirely due to that move by President Biden. 
It's Absolutely. an honor, oh. Dick Morris. It's an honor to be here with you. Well, thank you. Even though I'm not there with you. Yeah, well, you sort of are. <laughs> okay, we'll see you later. All Take right, care. Buddy. Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck you know, in this the is the, welcome back to the Dick Morris Show with Doug Tapiro. Hello, Dick Morris. By the Patriot Gold Group. You know, um, one of the defects of radio is I can't meet you all, and uh, I'd love to see you and I'd love to chat with you. So on Wednesday, February 21st, at 6 o'clock, I'm going to be at the National Women's Republican Club. Men are allowed, so are trans people. <laughs> and that's at 3 West 51st. How about me? Am I allowed? <laughs> yeah, allowed in. Just dress for the occasion. Oh, God. Here we go. 3 West 51st Street, 6 o'clock on Wednesday, the 21st of February. And uh, it costs 65 bucks, which includes a nice dinner. Nice atmosphere. Beautiful place. For us to chat. So if you want to go, call Irene at 347-306-6088. That's Irene at 347-306-6088. That's Wednesday, February 21st at 6 p.m. at 3 West 51st Street. Um, I'll be there. One of the things that I have been educated on in the recent days is that the federal government and financial oligarchies in the U.S., as well as foreign countries like China and Russia, are trying to control our natural resources and to make money off them. And to do this, they're working with the Federal Bureau of Land Management, which is in the Department of Interior. And the Bureau of Land Management treats the American West the way the British treated their empire. Um, they, they see it as conquered territory, and they can make them do whatever they want. And uh, my guest today is State Representative Philip Lyman, Y-M-A-N, from Utah. And uh, I normally might not have a Utah state rep on, but, but in this case, it's well-deserved, because uh, Phil led a protest against the Bureau of Land Management, that attempted to keep people from a major canyon in uh, in Utah, and he uh, and he was arrested, convicted, and sentenced to ten days in prison. And President Donald Trump pardoned him, and now Phil is running for governor of Utah, and he's got a radical platform. He says, "Let's control our own state and take <laughs> it back from the federal government." That's pretty radical. Uh, he says that we should have a right to do that. So what's going on now is that the SEC has been asked to to allow um, national asset companies, NACs, to take all of our parks, all of our wild, all of our wilderness areas, all of our canyons and rivers and forests and farmland, and put it together into a security that you can sell on Wall Street, and you could buy a one percent share in the Grand Canyon, basically, in everything else. And that trades on the open market. 
and in the event that you default, the foreign investors could come in and take those assets. And right now, China could come in and buy shares of the Grand Canyon and Yellowstone and all of these. And Phil Lyman is fighting that, and I wanted to have him on to talk about that. Hi, Phil. Hey, Dick. Thanks so much. So tell us about this fight. Well, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit about this before on these natural asset companies. How do they make money? I, I've got what I call the Yellow Cake Caucus here in the Utah State Legislature because I'm a legislator currently. And at the Yellow Cake Caucus, we talk a lot about nuclear energy, but one of the people said we've got a research facility that would cost $12,000 in materials to build, $80 million to permit. And that's the kind of – that's we're going to be looking at even more of that under the natural asset company model because the people that control the – um, natural assets also are controlling the federal agencies like the Bureau of Land Management. So you want to get something done, it's going to be 100% pay-to-play, and only the, the mega wealthy you know, well, oligarchs of the world will be able to participate well, we in, saw that that in that world. Well, we saw that when Hillary Clinton uh, approved the sale of half of our uranium to right. Russia uh, and uh, in return for Bill getting a million dollars speaking fees from mm. the Russian government. Um, yeah, that kind of move can happen all over the place. But tell us about the issues of access to the national parks and wilderness areas and why you were arrested and why Trump pardoned you and all of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's all kind of this uh, system that's out of balance. You know, we were supposed to have states that that um, have jurisdiction in their state boundaries. And, and in the West, it's not that way. So. They exploit that with all the federal land that's owned in Utah. They come out, and the, and the Bureau of Land Management, being influenced by some of the big environmentalist NGOs, they start closing roads. They start closing industry. They start pushing cattle off the land, um, you know, taking away those traditional things. And, and, that, and I'm, I'm in Blanding, Utah, which the county is 8% private property. Um, and of that private property, the federal government – put a big old sage grouse designation, which locked up basically all the extraction potential of even the private property in San Juan County. Mm-hmm. And I get really frustrated with that you know, in my CPA business, working with business clients and watching them struggle and go out of business. And, and nationally, uh, just watching that our access yeah. to the uranium and the oil and the gas and the lithium yeah. and the rare earth minerals yeah. in those lands is blocked by the Bureau of Land Management and by the environmental right. crazies. Yeah, so you so you you stand up to that a little bit, and as a county commissioner, I you know there was there was a, a canyon called Recapture Canyon. It's really close to my home, and and I said, well, you you don't have the right to close the road down Recapture. It's a county road, and and we're going to drive down that road, and there's not much you can do about it. And they said, well, okay, uh, sounds good. Uh, you know, no one's going to get arrested. Well, six months later, they decided, you know, we're going to charge Phil Lyman with conspiracy to trespass because of outrage from the Bureau of Land Management and the same environmentalist group. So they did. They prosecuted me for 14 months. Really high-profile case in Utah, even though it was a misdemeanor. Uh, and I uh, got convicted. Me and uh, one other individual were convicted of conspiracy to trespass and, and, and spent some time in jail. And, uh, and then, you had yeah, to spend $100,000 in restitution, right? It was, yeah, $97,000 in restitution, oh, which was God. a completely fab- fabricated... Uh, number and it wasn't for damage; it was for money that the BLM said they had to spend to assess damages, <laughs> and we proved that they that there were no damages, but we still had to pay their hundred thousand dollars for a fa- for a you know a fraudulent report that they did. I mean, basically, um, this yeah. amounts to 
transforming the West into a colony of the federal government uh, and controlling anything they do, any development, and uh, and then yeah. packaging that, selling it on Wall Street, and ultimately selling it to the Chinese and the Russians. Right, right. You know, and and they, they these these people love the West because there's so much of it. We're out here, and it's and it is kind of sparsely populated, and they see it as a as as there for the taking. It's kind of that uh, I don't know that Borg like attitude of we're, mm. we're going to take it, we're going to take it, and you will be assimilated, and resistance is futile. I don't wow. know, and that's the feeling that you get if you live out here. And and what they don't understand is that uh, you know we do have states, and if the states will stand up, if Utah will stand up, uh, then then we have a chance to, to set, set a precedent. Politically, uh, Utah has this, a, a wonderful guy who really stands up for the state all the time named Mitt Romney. Uh. And uh, he's uh, <laughs> he used to be the senator. He's still the senator, I guess. And uh, he has an R next to his name that stands for Rhino, not for Republican. Mm. And um, the and I think that – and he basically is the guy who's behind – the power behind the throne of the current governor there, and Phil is running against him. And it really is kind of a proxy battle, I think, of Donald Trump against Mitt Romney. And um, I'm going to be helping Phil, and I hope that he wins, because I would really love to drive the Romney power out of the West so that Mm. they're no longer selling us out. Absolutely. Well, it is really, yeah, it is really interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm running against Spencer Cox here in, in Utah, and it is it is a proxy battle. It's really symbolic of of the big battle, and and that's why I love Trump. You know, Trump came out and reduced the Bears ears. That's in my backyard as well. This is all happening, you know, in the southeast corner of Utah, where there's very few people. It's, there's no political uh, advantage for Trump to do what he did with reducing Bears ears, but it was the right thing. What is Bears ears? Yeah, what is that? Uh, Bears, Bears Ears National Monument was declared by by President Obama on his way out of office, a 1.4 million acre national monument, um, which was just to lock up resources there. And hmm. uh, right now, right now you've got in that in that monument, so, so Trump uh, reduced it greatly down to 200,000 acres. I wish he had rescinded it, and I think he will if he gets back into office. Uh, Biden, of course, put it back even larger than it was before. Hmm. And now you've got the Carnegie Institute. Uh, that's out there in Bears Ears doing paleontological research, quote unquote, which is essentially looking for rare earth minerals because there's there's tons of rare earth minerals, tons of oil. Oh, I see. In other words, the research is just a front for right. discovering rare earth minerals. Right. They're looking yeah. for fossils, but then when they find the, the rare earth yeah. stuff, yeah. That is Hello. incredible. Huh. So I is know. that so basically an empty can? It's a blank canvas for these people. Yeah. It's incredible, doing. Phil, when I read about this and hear about yeah. this. This is our well, own government exploiting our country in the most yeah. fundamental way. And and for me, I, I, I don't know anything else. I, I'm born and raised in the southeast corner of, of Utah, five generations there. And, and those people, they do. They, think it's a, they do think it's a blank canvas. They think there's, there's nobody there. They don't right. realize that, that, that there are people there. And, and, and the people that are there know a, a whole lot more about the culture and the history and what's there than than they're given credit for, which is also, you know, kind of that imperialistic, uh, you know, vassal state model that you were talking about, Dick. Yeah. Where, where yeah. you know, it's like, hey, we'll we're, we're just we'll just take this. This is of a like piece it. with the decision by the federal government to uh, close down 
a major wing of the Museum of Natural History in New York City. Oh, my God. That was uh, showing Native American artifacts. And the reason they closed it down is that the Native American powers were not consulted in it and translation weren't paid for it. And uh, (laughs) as a result, the huge portions of this museum are now closed down, inaccessible to the public. One of the greatest museums in around. They just regard they regard the West and America as a as a colonial em, colonial empire uh, for them to use and exploit as they see fit. Well, and and it and it's not at least in my area the Native Americans. You know, we have really close relationships, friendships, but it's the outside environmentalist groups, the, right. the NGOs. They they roll in with this narrative. And uh, and they'll bus people from all over the country to come in and advocate for Native American interests. Right. Uh, when the Na- when the Native Americans or were not in favor of the Bearsers Monument either, they were opposed to it. Um, but but that's not the narrative that gets out nationally because yeah. they're so good at kind of exploiting no, people. I'm looking the forward to your campaign, Phil, because it'll be an opportunity to educate people in Utah and throughout the country about this power grab by the government, and uh, and because that's really all it is at this point. And, uh, yeah. and we can expose it, I think. Well, you know, that's I, I, I've always said honest people have rights, too, and the honest families and parents and people in Utah have rights, and, uh, and, and they're, not, they're not respected. And that's my belief, and that's my pursuit. It's not a political platform. It's, it's why I'm running for the governor's spot. It's, you know, it's not a political platform for me. It's, just, it's what I've observed, and it's, and it's a problem. Good. So, well, yeah, you, you, certainly have, support. you certainly have walked the walk and— Talked the talk and paid the price by <laughs> ten days in prison. My God, people do people do notice that they do. Uh, hopefully, that's that's the message that comes out. I mean, who do you think you are, left. Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> Going to jail? What do you hey, think? I, I had a I had a mugshot before he before he had his. Okay, but, you know, he, he, right. he, he's the one that made it cool. So good, that's great. Uh, no, I, I love I love that man, and yeah, the, the, great. the pardon is special to me. And um and but more what he did down in San Juan County again, it wasn't for political purposes. He didn't right. he didn't gain anything yeah. other than that, other than an honest move by a very honest person. Good. Well, I look. I'm coming out to Utah. I look forward to seeing you, Phil. Well, we'll 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 pick you up when you get here, Dick. Thank you. Okay, take Thanks, care. Phil. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye bye. Um, Saudi Arabia has just joined the BRICS countries. That's Brazil, Russia, India, uh, China, and um, South Africa, who are trying to have an alternative to the dollar as the dominant currency in the world, and Saudi Arabia joining them is a very big deal because their their proportion of the world's oil exports is huge. About 10% of the world's oil comes from Saudi Arabia. And if they're going to let their sales be denominated in, uh, in Chinese currency or in gold, anything other than dollars, it'll be a huge blow to the United States. Another of the many blows that are taking place with Biden as the weakest president we've ever had this is the dick morris show presented by the patriot gold group on 77 wabc clowns to the left of me jokers to the right here i am stuck in the middle with you yes i'm stuck in the middle with you and i'm wondering what it is i should do 
also, you know, Dick, early on when um, Phil said about the people that are just coming in from other states and whatnot and just busing people in, that reminds me of uh, the guilty white liberals that, you know, talk about racism, talk about all these other things, you know? Yep. So yep. it just I wanted to mention that. Anyway, go, so, Dick. It's your, it's your show. Yeah. Welcome to the <laughs> Dick Morris show. Uh, the, um, wait, wait, wait. Dick Morris, talked, Doug DePiro show? Dick Morris, Doug DePiro. Yeah, Doug DePiro, sure. Dick Morris. Yeah, right. That's more like it. We um, we talked about the race for the house where uh, where uh, Mozzie Pillip is running as the Republican in Nassau and Suffolk County. And uh, that her race is absolutely crucial to maintaining a majority in the house. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to shut off that phone, Dick Yeah, Morris? I just did. That's a good it's idea. It's crucial to our maintaining a majority in the House. But let's look at the Senate. Let's see what's going on in the races for the Senate, because we're making good progress there. You say you want a revolution. Well, you know, we all want to change the world. Tell me that it's evolution Well, you know We all want to change the world Our best chance for picking up a Senate seat is in West Virginia, where Manchin is not running again. <clears throat> and um, Jim Justice, the governor, who happens to be the richest person in West Virginia, he's a coal baron, uh, is, uh, is running and faces a primary challenge from Alex Mooney, the Attorney General, but he'll win that. But Mooney is supported by the Club for Growth, which is a big spending conservative group. But one way or another, we're going to win that West Virginia seat, and that's going to give us forty. That's going to give us fifty senators. Now, if in addition to that we win the vice presidency, mm. we'll be able to break the tie and control the Senate. Uh, we also have pretty good chances in a bunch of other states. The best one is. Um, Montana, where John Tester is running for re-election. And uh, he's opposed by Tim Sheehy, an aerospace executive who uh, who is formerly, I believe, served in Iraq, a special forces guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's uh, running as a, as a strong conservative candidate. Uh, he faces a primary in Montana, but I think he's going to win that. I think Sheehy will be a very important pickup for us. Um, I once wrote a book about the various members of Congress and identified John Tester, his opponent, as the single dumbest member of the United States Senate. (laughs) Why? Why? And I'd stand by that uh, because he can't do interviews. He can't say anything. He he doesn't know which end of him is up. And uh, I, I I cite chapter and verse in there where he does interviews and he just doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh. By the way, I want to interrupt myself for a second. Did you, did you did you remember hearing on the news half an hour ago that Joe Biden is not going to do a Super Bowl interview? Yes. Um, that's the best opportunity for free exposure to 80% of the American people. Mm. And uh, you get softball questions. It's easy. You're associated with the Super Bowl. And uh, and it's it's the best layup a president could possibly have. Why because is he, 
why is he not doing it? Because they're Cause scared. I think it's that he can't do interviews. That's he's right. an old guy. Yeah, yeah I th- he's an old guy. I think that he is terrified of interviews, mm-hmm. and they're not His scripted. people are terrified. No, he's not terrified. He doesn't know better. He doesn't know he doesn't know. His people are terrified. I can't believe that he's turning down that interview. Really? I mean, nobody turns that down. Right. It's like, it's like free publicity of the best sort. It so is. anyway, we've got a pretty good shot in, a very good shot in West Virginia and a very good shot in Montana. Um, we also have a pretty good shot in Ohio where Sherrod Brown is the senator, the Democrat. And he is one of the, he is the single most liberal member of the Senate. Uh, on his voting records and on positions he's taken. Where is this? Uh, in Ohio. Uh-huh. He's absolutely uh, very, very, very far left. Uh, he's also wealthy, and uh, and he's been, he's basically survived in Ohio because it used to be a much more liberal state, and he dates from that era when Ohio was kind of the swing state. Now it's a pretty safe Republican state. And I think we have a good shot at beating Sherrod Brown. I met with Bernie Marino, and he's a car dealer. Nice guy. Not just nice guy, but I, he was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, brilliant, absolutely. He knows every issue, knows everything that's going on, really sharp. And I was just very, very impressed with him. So that's a very good shot at a takeover, uh, Bernie Marino against Sherrod Brown. And then we have four other states that we might pick up. One is Pennsylvania, where Trump has reversed field, and the guy who he spent his life opposing last time in the primary, Dave McCormick, who beat Dr. Oz, who lost to Dr. Oz in the primary, and then Oz lost the general, he's now supporting Dave McCormick. And I'm not sure that's a great decision, but it certainly is an opportunistic one, and McCormick will make a much stronger candidate against the Democratic incumbent, Bob Casey. Mm. So Pennsylvania is an interesting opportunity for us to win. In Nevada, where the state, the state senator's name is, the, the senator's name is Rosen, Jackie Rosen, um, is, is also a very good pickup opportunity. The guy who's running there is Sam Brown, who's a former special forces, uh, I'm not sure exactly the branch of the service, but, but a very attractive, charismatic young candidate. And I think we have a very nice chance of winning on Nevada. And then in Michigan, they say we have a good chance. Mike Rogers is running, a congressman, and he's on, on the Armed Services Committee. <clears throat> I don't much, <clears throat> I don't much like. I'm sorry. You okay, Dick? Yes. Yeah, so I don't, uh, I don't much like Rogers, but um, a lot of people do, and he's a Republican, so. But when you take these together, Montana, Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Michigan, we're talking about very good chances of winning. And then, of course, there's Arizona, where Carrie Lake is running in a three-way race. Carrie Lake, having lost race with pres- having lost the state when she was running the Trump campaign and having lost the governorship there, has shown that she has difficulty winning a two-way race because she's very conservative and very, very strong and very attractive. But a three-way race, she can probably win because she needs only 40% of the vote there. And the conservatives in Arizona adore Kerry Lake, not just support. They they would give their lives for her. 
Yeah, she's strong. And uh, I think that, that she has an excellent chance, and we have a very good chance of picking up the Arizona Senate seat with her. Now, we talked a little bit about the farmland in the previous interview I did with Phil Lyman. Um, but this has to be seen against the background of farmer protests all over the world where farmers are lashing out at the global economic system, the globalists, who are basically dealing, giving them a deal where it's impossible for them to make a living. All the sounds of the earth are like music. All the sounds of the earth are like music. The breeze is so busy, it don't miss a tree. And old weeping willow is laughing at me. Oh, what a beautiful moon. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. That's oh, a good song about fun. Wait, wait. Right? You're not exactly going to get the young people to listen in on That's us with right. that dick. Now, who, what are you looking for? Your grandmother? Yep. Yep. Um, also, today was sunny. Is sunny. Is it? First time in, in... Oh, you wouldn't know that. You're in Florida. It's actually not sunny. It's actually raining in Where Florida. It's never sunny. <laughs> but all over Europe, starting in France but spreading to other countries, the farmers are protesting uh, because they, uh, they oppose the climate change agenda. They oppose uh, the... Uh, the, the imposition of environmental regulations on agriculture, not just in agriculture, but on cattle that aren't allowed to fart because it generates methane gas that can <laughs> yeah, screw up the environment. Yeah, of course. Uh, and they're allowing food produced more cheaply in other parts of the world to flow freely into Europe. And um, the farmers in Europe are raising hell. French farmers are threatening to take their tractor protests to the heart of the European Union and impose a blockade on Brussels, where the EU is headquarters, as they've done in Paris in opposition to the green agenda favored by globalists. The farmer uprising in France continued to grow this week, as an estimated 12,000 farmers and over six and over 6,000 tractors enacted roadblocks in at least 120 locations throughout France on Tuesday, including access points to such major cities as Paris, Lyon, and Marseille. Some are calling their protests, some are now calling to switch their protests to the European Union. And one of the organizers said, the next stop is Brussels for sure. So the issues facing independent European farmers, the rising cost of fuel, high taxes, excessive government-required paperwork, the war in Ukraine, free trade, and the green agenda regulations are going to be crucial issues in the future elections in France. And farmer uprising have seen political success in Europe, notably, notably in the Netherlands, where the upstart tractor protest Farmer Citizens Movement Party became the largest force in the Dutch Senate last year and is likely to be a coalition partner of the incoming prime minister. Currently, there are active farmer protest movements in France, Germany, Poland, and Romania. And this week, farmers' organization in Spain said they would be joining in on the action against overregulation by Brussels. The, if, you think the Ameri- if you think America is overregulated by the federal government, 
and we listened to what Phil Lyman had to say about the Bureau of Land Management. Yeah. You haven't seen anything yet compared to the European Union. And the farmers have finally had it. And the, far, and the anti-farm movement that literally says, you know, restrict farmers, restrict their ability to plant, restrict their ability to function. And the farmers are making the point, no farms equals no food. And they're dramatizing that by these tractors that they're using to snarl up traffic. Um, let's go to Amy in Ocean. Hi, Amy. Doug, um, and hello, Dick. How are you? Doing great. Um, she said Doug first, Dick. Did you notice did. that? Yes. How you doing, I mean, Amy? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to thank you so very much for uh, having your guest on from Utah because it's crucially important to let uh, the listeners, our listeners in New Jersey, to know that um, the same kind of situation is looking to be happening in New Jersey with uh, Phil Murphy and our Pinelands. I don't know yep. if, okay, uh, they want to look to sell uh, portions of the Pinelands, which is hundreds of thousands of acres, to uh, build um, housing um, and all, all kinds of, you know, stores or whatever, you yeah. know, that will... And make gobs but, um, of money in the process. Mm-hmm. Amy, um yes. I'm going to cover that. I, I'm, I need to learn about it, and I will. But thank you for alerting me to that. Uh, okay, and thank you. Thank you very much for all you, you gentlemen do. I learned good. so, so much from the both of you. Thank, thank you. Well, I'm about to learn something from you. Thank so, you, Amy. Thank you very much, Amy. This is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am. Stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. I'm joined today by my guest, Mazzy Phillip. Mazzy Pillip, P-I-L-I-P, who is running for Congress in a district that includes parts of Queens and parts of Nassau County. It was the district that originally elected, um, San- what's his name, Sanchez, the previous incumbent who got expelled. Is that correct, Mazzy? Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. This is a special election to replace uh, Joe Santos. Santos. Sorry. And, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Don't worry. <laughs> and um, the reason that this is worthy of national attention is that this, the House of Representatives, control of the House will be almost determined by this election. We currently hold, I think, a two or three seat majority in the House, and if we lose the seat that Mazzi is running for. Uh, with uh, to Tim Swazi, who is a carbon copy Democrat, rubber stamp Democrat, um, we're going to be denied the ability to subpoena anybody in the House of Representatives. Uh, we won't be able to investigate Joe Biden's financial stuff. We won't be able to get our hands on Hunter Biden's bank account records. We won't be able to uh, call to account any of the bureaucrats who have slow walked the case against Hunter and and sped up the cases against Donald Trump, uh, we we will be handicapped in so many ways as a party. The most important thing the Republicans have now is control of one house, the House of Representatives. And you say one house, that's like one hand clapping. But it's the essential way to get the subpoena power so that we can investigate and we can really expose the abuses of this administration. And Mazzy is standing between us 
and losing that subpoena power. So I urge everybody to pay close attention and to be sure you vote on on Tuesday, February 13th in that special election. Mazzy, tell us about it. Yes, definitely. This is a very important election. We are talking about, uh, you know, the the future of our country. The the margin for the majority is so small right now, and this vote, this this seat is so important. We all working so so hard uh, to win this election to win this election because we need a common sense government, a government that's going to take us to the right direction. I love this country, but right now under Biden, there's quite. Uh, members and the left progressive agenda really taking us to the wrong place. You know, they are not there to protect our borders. As you know, my opponent, Tom Swazi, he was in the majority when he was in Congress, when he decided to team up with Biden and open the border. And since then, we see a border crisis that we never saw in our lifetime. It is very dangerous because our borders is not protected. We don't know if the criminals or terrorists are making their way. Uh, millions with uh, so much drugs coming from the borders as a mother of seven children. I'm very, very worried. Uh, everybody's worried. This is my, you know, I- illegal immigrants is number one concern for the Kurds. And, and look at what those illegal immigrants just did in New York City, really? beating the hell out yeah. of two police officers. And then they were allowed to walk out of prison without even being held on bail. Exactly. That is a sad part. You know, illegal immigrants making their ways and then they're attacking our uh, police officers. And guess what? The district attorney like uh, Alvin Bragg uh, let them go with no bail. You know, you have to ask yourself why the Democrats went so crazy trying to get rid of Santos, who was the congressman. Um, Yeah, he lied on his resume. Yeah, he said he did things that he didn't do. But... What he did is no worse than what Dick Blumenthal did, the senator from Connecticut who completely fabricated that he was in the Vietnam War and under fire uh, when, in fact, he wasn't and and uh, and he, uh, in fact, never went near the place. And uh, that that little omission on his resume did not cause – did not cause him to lose his Senate seat, but it is causing Santos to lose his House seat. And the reason for that is that the Democrats are looking for any excuse they can to whittle away the Republican majority. And it's terribly important to get out there and vote for Mazzy Pillip uh, in the election on a week from Tuesday. Thank you very much. Absolutely. As I said, it's a very important election. It's about uh, taking our country back to the right direction under Biden and uh, the left progressive uh, Congress members. It's not happening. We all very much worry this election it's really about the future. I'm en- encouraging everyone to go out to vote, um, again, to secure our borders, to support our law enforcement, and to improve our, uh, our economy. This is the three main issues I'm going to be taking once I will go to Washington, D.C. Bless you, Mazzy. God bless Look you. Look forward to that. Thank you. I appreciate that. God bless you all. Thank you. Now, the House has just passed a $78 billion tax bill that they call bipartisan, Uh, and it includes one of the all-time scams in our system. It's called the Child Tax Credit, uh, which is basically welfare. The uh, welfare system used to be called Aid to Families of Dependent Children, and when Bill Clinton pioneered welfare reform, and I helped him get it passed and helped support it, uh, we changed that program 
and cut way back on the number of people who are on welfare. We achieved a 50% reduction in the number of people on welfare and That's amazing. a two-thirds reduction in the number of people in child poverty. 50%? Wow. Yeah, but a bigger reduction in the number on child poverty because we made people work, we made them take jobs, and they were able to really support their families in a good way. Now Obama and Biden are undoing the whole thing by eliminating welfare and they're replacing it with a child tax credit, credit, not deduction, which means right now you can take off $1,600 off the taxes that you're paying uh, uh, in return for, uh, and and you can keep that $1,600 to help you raise your child. And uh, they want to raise it to $2,000 for 24 and for 25. This is a pure welfare program. They call it a tax credit, part of the earned income tax credit, but it's not. There is something called the earned income tax credit, which is you go to work, you get up in the morning, you support your family, and you come home and you get a tax advantage. And if you don't pay taxes because your income is too low, you get a tax credit that permits you to keep a large portion of your money. And that's a very good program, a very important one. But the child care, child tax credit, which is what they're pushing now, is a complete ripoff. It, you don't have to work. You don't have to do anything for it. You just have to have children. And you get paid for each child you have. We've been through that ripoff for, yeah. for generations for, 40 now. years, yeah. yeah. And we know how that ends. So the House has cut a deal between, the, between big business and big welfare, where big business is getting a whole variety of tax breaks, uh, being able to expense research and development costs, uh, being able to uh, to reduce some certain corporate taxes, and they've called it tax relief for American families and workers. By workers, they mean uh, union members in an attempt to use the child tax credit to supplement the welfare system. And uh, it restates, it reinstates a lot of business deductions that were rescinded under Trump. And it increases the child tax credit, which is basically welfare by another name. Yeah, right. Hey, Dick, um, when you go to break, call me because John Tobacco's got some good, got some news break about New York Community Bank and what they're doing. So if you, and I told him to call the private number, but. When, you, when we go to break, give me a call. Okay, that's great. That's good. Okay. Now, the there has been a good deal of attack on the UNRWA, United Nations Relief Workers Administration. I don't know what that stands for. I think it's it's workers. And the UNRWA, the, basically the relief organization for the Palestinians, uh, has come under fire numerous times prompting Israeli lawmakers to reassess Israel's relationship with the agency. Reports released by Impact and UN Watch NGO document that UNRWA employees not only expressed support for the massacre on October 7th, but they actually hid missiles in their relief supplies that they then turned over to Hamas that we used. And Hamas marked aid sacks were found filled with dirt and used in the lining of Hamas terror tunnels. Now, 
what's unique about this relief agency is it's the only relief agency in the world that doesn't want to be relieved. They're the only refugee population in the world where you perpetually are under it and you and you and you never get out. Um, the rest of the world's refugees fall under the mandate of the UN High Commissioner for Refugees. Israeli officials have called for the UNRWA to be closed and Palestinian refugees to be brought under the aegis of the UNHCR. The biggest criticism of the relief agency is that unlike the UNHCR, the agency defines refugee status as hereditary and regardless of citizenship in other countries. So the number of Palestinian refugees increases dramatically year after year. And it's a going business that keeps all kinds of social workers and relief agency types in Wheaties and uh, builds up really an empire based on relief of these refugees that basically don't want relief. They want to stay where they are. They'd like to take over Israel. They have dreams of reconquering the farmland that they had 100 years ago or 80 years ago. And uh, the UN keeps that hope alive by defining their refugee status, not as being a refugee fleeing a corrupt, fleeing a tyrannical government, but as a hereditary right akin to owning the land and then passing it on to the younger generation. Hmm. It's a total ripoff, and this agency is the front for a lot of Hamas stuff and uh, really, um, really deserves well, to be exposed. Well, they could do that with every country and every city and everywhere. Yeah, but they, do, but over they don't. For a hundred years. Or... They don't, but the only, yeah, I mean, you could have uh, the American, Native Americans talking right. about that, but they don't. The only place they do that is in Israel right. with the Palestinian refugees. Mm. So yeah. when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about TikTok and the harm it's doing to young people in the country. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Let's go to Al and Yonkers, the heartland of Doug DePiro. Hey, Al. Yo, yo. Yonkers, Y-O. <laughs> That's so stupid. Hey, Al, you're on. Oh, hi, Dick and Doug. Uh, good afternoon. You know, the congressional district uh, for the special election coming up uh, in a week or so, if the Republicans lose, it's self-inflicted. The problem is the congressional district, congressional delegation of Republicans in the tri-state, they didn't even follow the lead of the speaker. They should have let Santos stay there. Mm. Pete King got involved when he shouldn't. And uh, what happens is the strategists and the power brokers on Nassau County are all going to make money, and they didn't even have the decency to uh, put a Republican candidate. She's actually a registered Democrat. Hey, Al, Al I, on his I, show even I sympathize it. with you, but that's ancient history. Right now we have to elect Mazzy Pillup because the House of Representatives is at stake. I frankly don't give a damn who the congressman is for that district. I care immensely and enormously who controls the U.S. House of Representatives because when you have a presidency in the hands of Joe Biden and the crazy radical left and you don't have subpoena power, you don't control one House of Congress, you are a sitting duck. And uh, this is so important that we elect Mazzy Phillip 
but thank you for your call. Um, now, the senators are catching on to uh, TikTok, and they're raising hell about TikTok for what it does to young people, particularly young girls. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the head of uh, Meta, the TikTok uh, entity, uh, Meta, no, also the head of X, I'm sorry. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the head of, uh, of, of CEO of Meta, and Zhao Chi Chu, the head T, the TikTok CEO, uh, came before a congressional panel this week, and they were absolutely grilled with criticism about on both sides of the aisle about the company that owns Facebook and Instagram posing risks to children online. In one of the most heated exchanges of the day, Senator Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri, repeatedly questioned Zuckerberg about meta-internal research revealed by a whistleblower that found that Instagram negatively impacted teens, especially girls. Zuckerberg faced constant pressure over the impact of meta's platforms on teen mental health and how the company was aiming to appeal to younger users. In his opening statement, Zuckerberg said that the existing body of scientific work has not shown a causal link between using social media and young people having worse mental health outcomes. But that's news to the parents who are saying that, that, it's, that it's a very serious thing. When the parents said there isn't a parent in this room who had a child that's gone through, who hasn't had a child, that's gone through an emotional experience like this and tell you that they change right in front of your eyes. So, and the problem with this is that the, is that TikTok follows and other media sites follow people as they move on the internet. Everything they do is tracked, the sites they go to are tracked, and you build up a knowledge base and information base that can be used by China for subversion uh, but also by other companies for profit. Chu, who is the head of TikTok, uh, took heat from lawmakers about ties to China. The video-based social media app, which is owned by the Chinese company ByteDance, has previously faced bipartisan scrutiny over concerns about data privacy and national security. TikTok developed Project Texas, an initiative to essentially wall off American user data from the rest of the company in effort to assuage the lawmakers' concerns. However, the Wall Street Journal reported Tuesday that workers with Project Texas have sometimes been instructed to share data with other parts of the company, um, such as ByteDance. When pressed by Senator John Corden, Republican of Texas, uh, that, that work, uh, about the report, Chu disputed the account and suggested there are many things about the article that are inaccurate. Um, Senator Ted Cruz, who I trust more, later yes. said, "said now you said earlier that we have not been asked for data by the Chinese government and we have never provided it. Cruz said, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, and I've said this when I met with you people in my office last week, that I don't believe you, and I'll tell you the American people don't either. Hawley, meanwhile, pointed to the journal article arguing that the app's Protective measures fall short. You wonder when you look at America why the students have been so radicalized and so determined to stand with the Hamas against Israel and see the world essentially in a completely distorted perspective. 
where Hamas is the good guys and Israel are the bad guys. Right. And, uh, and they're, they're wed to that narrative. And the big reason for it is that they're sold that narrative 24-7 by TikTok, which is a you Chinese... Mean the stop- the stuff they put out on your site when you when you go to somebody, exactly. Then, then you get like a, a, a what do you call it a, a, a bleep. You get brainwashed, yeah. Yeah. And, no, and we're allowing this to happen in the United States. There's been a move to ban TikTok in the U.S. It's very important that we look at that. Let's go to Joe in Connecticut on this issue. Hi, Joe. Hey, Joe. I like saying hey, Joe. It says good. Connecticut, but give me any Joe. <laughs> there were two Hello? Joes. Coffee? You don't drink coffee. The one who was calling was about TikTok. Okay. Hello. Hi, Joe. Yes, Joseph, Fairfield, Connecticut. Yep. There you go. Yes. Yeah, the TikTok that uh, the Chinese, the CCP, use in, in China is very much regulated. They don't allow that to brainwash the, the children over there. And the other issue. Uh, uh, but here, Mars, but here. Yeah, but here they do. Yeah. Uh, the 5G networks, uh, the 5G network, the boxes that are all manufactured in China, so they're collecting data already. They're also collecting data through that, through the network. And Trump barred that. Trump stopped right. uh, TikTok and the other 5G networks from amassing data about Americans. But when Biden came in, he lifted those restrictions, and now it's open season. And uh, they're using this to build data on us. And use that to undermine us. You know, you know, Dick. I was I was thinking about this, kind of answering my question in my head. I was thinking, what kind of algorithm? Like, how do they look at millions of people and and things that are going out in TikTok and figure out who to grab? And but all they do is they look at Joe Biden, Donald Trump, conservative, liberal. In other words, they need an algorithm of some sort to sort all this out. Well, I maintain algorithm comes from algorithm. I said that. I said that. And, oh, wow. and I think that. And I think that what they're doing really is the level of information that the Chinese have on us through TikTok is incredible. It is outrageous. Yeah, but how, where are they storing it and who's looking They're at it? They're storing it in China on their and, 5G network. And how many people do they have oh, sitting they have at a computer? Hundreds and hundreds of thousands, maybe right. millions, going through it. And uh, and it's a, just a huge industry in China, one of the major focus, focus of the Chinese government. And it completely undermines America right. by going after our young people and hitting them where they least suspect it from an organization that they basically go to for entertainment and fun. Right. Instead, they're being fed a propaganda line. And when you look at American students siding with China, siding with the Hamas, opposing Israel, uh, siding with Biden, for that matter, uh, you can see the footprints and the fingerprints of the uh, of the 5G network and of TikTok there. Wow. Trump banned it. Trump refused to let them do it. And he pressured other companies not to use the 5G system that uh, that the TikTok was pushing. Right. And he succeeded in that. And then Biden came and lifted all of those restrictions and was open season on American kids. And the extremism you're seeing on campus and the reversal of priorities where they're focused on the needs of the Palestinian people and opposing Israel is entirely due to that move by President Biden. It's Absolutely an honor, horrible. Dick Morris. It's an honor to be here with you. Well, thank you. Even though I'm not there with you. Yeah, well, you sort of are. <laughs> okay, we'll see you later. All Take right, care. Buddy.